This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Hello and welcome to Tell Me This. We are happy to have you listening to season two. And Carrie, I think we've stopped trying to number the episodes at this point. I've lost track. (laughs) Yep. So we just say season two. I'm your co-host, Brianne Roos, here with Carrie Borkowski and two guests who will share some different perspectives with us today. Uh, Before we get into our discussion, in the spirit of kind of moving past the fall and embracing 2021, I wanted to share that last week on Thursday, I got to get up and get dressed and drive to work. And it was amazing. (laughs) I got to teach my students on campus in the same physical space as them. And it was awesome. It was just so good. It felt like natural again. And it was so nice to be physically in the place and all the things that I took for granted about work, like leaving my house and driving there and just having those 15 minutes to sort of plan my day and like get into the mental space of, of working was such a gift <laughs> that I don't think I'll ever take a commute for granted again. Um, so that was really nice. And, you know, even just dealing with the tech and all that, it all worked out fine and everybody was wearing masks and we were in these weird, large cavernous classrooms, but we were there together and it was just like such a moment of goodness for all of us. And everybody just, I felt like I was like breathing more deeply when I was there because it was so good to be back. And so I've had so much more energy um, around teaching since then because I'm like, Oh, I get to go back tomorrow. And it's just (laughs) so nice. So it's funny. It's funny. It's it's true what they say about a change of scenery, right? It's sort of an odd way to to use the phrase, but when we take a vacation, even just to get out of our space, because our kids went back also, now they're still in the hybrid model. So they're only going two and a half hours, but man, are those two and a half hours like bliss (laughs) (laughs) and they're happier too. So there is something to be said for changing scenery. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm going to get into it here and introduce our guests. So this is super exciting for me because they are two of my very closest friends. We have Mary Connolly and Tina Wazalewski. We met when our daughters, who are now 13 and 14-year-old eighth graders, were together in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And the three of us, along with three other wonderful moms and our respective families, make up what we call our village. And I'm so, so fortunate to have these women in my life. And I'm glad that they agreed to talk with us today about their experiences of parenting through the pandemic and just kind of in the world today, because it's, you know, there's a lot happening, obviously. So by way of introduction, uh, Mary is a graduate of Marquette University where she studied biology and she has two children, a daughter in eighth grade and a son in fifth grade. And Tina is a graduate of Towson University where she studied education. So it's always nice to have a fellow educator here. 
and Tina has seven children. So I'll give you a moment <laughs> to just process that. Um, ranging in age from a 16 year old junior in high school to the cutest kindergartner at the school where all of our kids go together. Um, so all of our kids go to Catholic schools in the Baltimore area and together we have students in elementary school, middle school and high school. Our elementary and middle schoolers are together at one school, it's a K or pre-K through eight school. And then Tina's oldest daughter and son attend um, single sex Catholic high schools. So kind of with that, we know that this discussion is, is not generalized to everybody, right? Because we are in this sort of subset of Catholic schools, but we've had kind of varied experiences, even though we're, we're in these schools together. So we'd love to just kind of get into that. So welcome to both of you and thank you for coming to talk to us. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. <laughs> um, I don't know, you may or may not know that this podcast uh, started last year with Carrie and she she developed it as a way to honor her grandmother, Sarah Downey, who always valued listening to Carrie and her cousins and really instilled in Carrie a deep sense of belonging. And Carrie has invited me into this work with her and we really love enjoying this or kind of exploring this idea of belonging and how it fits into our teaching and kind of leadership and parenting. And we've had the privilege of talking with a lot of different types of guests with varied backgrounds about their experiences of belonging in their context. And so we're excited to hear, you know, your perspectives as parents today, but that's just kind of how it all came to be. And we always start with a check-in, like we hope that our teachers would with our kids, but um, check-in really is just, how are you? How are you guys? How are you and your families holding up these days? I guess we could start with Tina. Um, we're holding up well. Our house is feeling smaller and smaller, but other than that, <laughs> as the kids are growing bigger and bigger, and um, there's so many of us in the house, uh, they're fortunate, we're all fortunate that they're in school more than home. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, we're doing well. We're very grateful to be healthy and have some time in the building at school. How about you, Mary? Uh, I'm gonna answer that we're doing fine. And uh, <laughs> um, I would say the baseline and the, the threshold for fine has dropped over the last year. <laughs> um, and I know that I'm saying that from a place of privilege where my children go to school. And last night I took my son to um, a track and he got to run around with mm. his lacrosse teammates and I'm taking my daughter to her lacrosse practice. So on paper, it seems very normal, but it's still not normal. But we're happy with fine. We know and we're hopeful that things are gonna get better. And we have all the faith in the world that it will in time and we'll still continue to be patient, but we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've, we've started to say COVID fine because even mm -hmm. fine sometimes feels like a little too relatively good for, for the status, but um, yeah, totally. We, I think we share that. And I'm so glad you said that we come from this place of privilege because it's true. I mean, to even have the opportunity to send our kids to school and to do these activities and for me to go to work. I mean, all of this is really never thought it would be a privilege, but it certainly, certainly is these days. Yeah, check-ins, I think it's funny, um, and you've been talking to your students. Hopkins started as well, but I haven't had any contact with the students via classrooms quite yet. But I feel like these check-ins during the pandemic have been way different <laughs> than, than normal because, um, I don't know, just like, you know, just like you were saying, Mary, this idea of fine or like if I'll ask a student, they'll say something like, well, it's a pandemic, you know, I, I can't say anything more. <laughs> it's just It's just not that great. And so 
in a lot of ways I've appreciated our, our candidness and that we're not, you know, cause usually when you say, Oh, how are you? It's like, Oh, I'm good. Things are great. And I feel like there's been a, a brutal and almost refreshing honesty from people and our students. And I think in a lot of ways that helps to cultivate belonging and authenticity. And we really get to see our students and our colleagues, even if it's a little messy. So I, I appreciate the honesty. I, I know what that word fine means to me. And so I, <laughs> I sort of can read between the lines. Um, just to sort of build a little bit on, you know, Brianne, you pointed out that, um, you know, your, your kids, and I include you in that, your, um, you know, are in private schools and perhaps the, the experiences of your kids looks a little different than sort of the quote unquote average student. So just for some context, I would love to hear a little bit more about the different schools and in particular, you know, everybody's fall looked different, you know, a period across. And so what did the fall look like with respect to education and, and have there been noticed noticeable changes like moving into the spring semester for, for your kids and for the parents? I'm just curious. Mary, you want to start us off? Sure. Me too. Um, so our, our kids go to school, they started on August 31st. And prior to that, um, many of the schools in the area had said, we're going to school. And then they started falling like dominoes and saying, never mind, never mind, never mind. And so we just waited with bated breath to hear the news that we're not going. Mm. And so then when they said, we're still going, we were very surprised. <laughs> and so every day, we, we've made bets about when school was going to close. <laughs> Tina won, but we've all won because they're still going. <laughs> um, and I would say that it was very strange. You know, it was great to go and drop them off. We have an interesting situation where we all, all the students have to get dropped off and picked up by a parent or guardian. And so you see the line and everybody's stuck in the line, but nobody's upset. <laughs> um, but the kids went, they went to school and they said it was fine. They didn't complain about the mass, but there were other complaints, which actually kind of felt nice. Um, you know, we don't get to talk to lunch. We would tease my son about what he did at recess because it sounds like you're in a prison yard and you're just walking around. <laughs> <laughs> so it is it was different but it was still better than the spring when I was their oh, teacher because I will yeah. forever be the meanest teacher they've ever had so. <laughs> yeah there's something about like I've decided that because because my friends will say oh well you're an educator you can do that no I uh, no parent <laughs> should ever teach their child period like I just I shouldn't be teaching my kids so I hear what you're saying Mary about the spring <laughs> Tina, how about for you? How was it? I mean, I know some of your kids are at the same schools, but you also have a, a student at the high school, I guess, at the high school level. So I do. I have two high schoolers. Um, my son was a freshman, so he okay. was super excited um, entering in high school freshman year. You know, he'd been at the same school since kindergarten. Wow. So kind of missed out on some of the eighth grade traditions that he was looking forward to. So after getting over that really was just more focused on, all right, I just want as normal as possible um, to be for freshman year and mm. which includes sports and activities and friends. And some of that actually came true for him, which was great. They were able to, to get a little bit of football in there um, before numbers got too high. Wow. And then he um, also started back. They, he, they were one of the schools that scaled back. They were planning on going back 
50% and then switch to 25%, but then quickly up to back to 50% after a few weeks. And then um, right before Thanksgiving, let, um, so he goes to a single sex uh, school. It's an all boys school. And so they reached out to some of the boys that they, the school felt could benefit from additional school time. Mm -hmm. And then also said, if there's any families out there who want extra time in person, reach out right away. Kai is not, my son is not necessarily um, the best in communication or response. He whipped out his laptop. He emailed his counselor and was like, Hey, can I please be considered for four days a week? And, um, and, and so he was, so long story short, he was super excited to be in a group that could be there four days a week. And it really helped him evaluate how much better he does in mm -hmm. person versus at home. Whereas, you know, he's like at home, I just waste so much time in school. It's not, it's not the case. So for him, it's been great. And then my other high schooler would stay virtual the whole time if she could. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about, you know, but then I have to say recently, she's like, this is kind of getting old. Mm. You know, I, I need to push myself to get up out of my room, do my classes. And, um, she's enjoyed as she's added to her schedule to get a little busier, but, um, the schools have been super flexible and supportive, which I, I feel like I can't ask for more right now. How old is your daughter? So she's 17. Okay. That's so pretty... She She's pretty insightful for a 17 year old. I mean, she seems to know herself really well. That's, that's impressive. I think. Right. Well, I feel like she's like a lot of 17 year olds that were super busy that, you know, she was mm. working, she was going to school, she was doing sports, studying, you have exams, preparing for SAT college searches. And then like the rest of the world, all that stopped. And yeah. so she just kind of stopped and enjoyed the lounging around until she's realizing, wow, this, this yeah. isn't good for my mind and my heart. You know, I got to get moving again. Got it. Just for a point of clarification, Tina, when you said um, 50%, does that mean full days, a couple of days a week? Is that why he went to a Correct. four day? Okay. Okay. Correct. Just wanna... And then a lot of the schools around here, public and um, private schools, they've gone to a four day a week schedule mm. where Wednesdays is yeah, an off day or a day zero or um, now that's unlike the Catholic school, the K through eight through the archdiocese, they've done the full five days, full, full day all the way through. Got it. I know it's so interesting. Like when someone says 50%, you have to sort of check in across States to see what that, sure, <laughs> what that means. Yeah. Cause like in Massachusetts we have hybrid, but it's four days a week, only half days. So it's not, so you're really not getting, you know, the only a couple hours. So interesting, different models. Right. Yeah. 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 So I wanted that's to like preschool oh, all over again. I know that's what right. it feels like essentially, but you know what, you know, you'll take given, it. <laughs> given what happened in the spring, I'll take it. Those two hours of, of focus time is a gift every day. Yeah. So <laughs> I will true. take it. Um, so as, as Brianne mentioned, this is really a podcast themed around belonging and cultivating community and really listening and trying to see people and learn about people. And so one question that we always ask is, about, you know, your sense of belonging, what, what that means to you when you hear a word like belonging. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what you think about um, when you hear that word belonging. And also, you know, as you describe your student, your kids experiences wearing masks and social distancing and kind of doing lacrosse and kind of doing football, like, 
what did the schools or what did you feel like the schools were doing well to still cultivate community and belonging when they're having to social distance and we can't see each other's expressions? I'm just wondering um, if you have a thought about that. Sure. Yeah. So if I have to define belonging, I'm going to say that it's like a common thread that ties you to a group of people. Mm. And over time, you learn to become comfortable and show them who you truly are. You know, you're born into a family and whether you agree or disagree, you still belong to them, you know, and you, you move past those differences and you celebrate the things that you can together. Um, I would say at our school, one thing that happened, there was, there was an influx of students who came from other schools, knowing that the Catholic schools had made this announcement, you know, we're, we're doing our best to go in person. Mm -hmm. And some people said, all right, I, I will I'll join you, you know, if you feel, if you have space for me, I'll join you. Mm -hmm. So one thing that has always happened in the past is that we become ambassadors to new families. And that oftentimes takes the role of a play date just so that there's a familiar face on the first day. Well, that couldn't happen this year. So I made a phone call um, to a new family. And one thing that I would say that and, and we had a lovely conversation and then there was, um, was it a back to school? There was some kind of big Zoom and it was, the audio on it was terrible. Mm -hmm. And so I called her back and I laughed. I was like, well, that didn't go great. <laughs> you know, so like you were at least laughing. I said, you know, we've said to everybody, we need to put you in our group chats to be like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just to take, you know, some of the tension because it's, it's a whole new experience. You know, you don't know how this is going to go. You know, she, one of her concerns was he doesn't know how to write cursive. I, mm. I know that that's part of it, you know? So it's those like physical hurdles, you know, you have to get through, mm -hmm. but how are you going to get through that when you're like, I didn't even hear any of the things <laughs> that they were supposed to tell me. So I would say that the school did their best to still make that happen. It's very different. You know, to give you an idea, I don't know what that child looks like. I don't know what his parents look like, despite the fact that we might be in the parking lot in our cars next to each other every day. It's a very yeah. different experience. It used to be we would get out of the park in the parking lot. And so you'd meet people and you'd introduce, but it's it's different. It, so that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that. I think we forget. And I'm so glad you reminded us, Mary, like the simple act of making a phone call like <laughs> What's that? Like we, te we text so much and email and we forget that just picking up the phone when we can't meet is so important. Um, and Brianne, I swear, maybe I'm wrong, but I swear I remember you telling me about that back to school. Oh, that yeah. It was that like possible? we were all underwater. Yeah, yeah. it probably did. Yeah. yeah, it was like we were in an aquarium. It was like, it was ridiculous. I remember because you were like, oh my gosh, this was like their moment to like show the tech <laughs> and that they, it just didn't work for all sorts of reasons. So I yeah. think instantly, Mary, that's so great that, you know, even if it was just to laugh about the, the experience to be able to make that connection. So that's, I think that's really important. Tina, how about you and your, and your kids? Right. I would say going back to um, the high school level, that those schools, they're really still trying to do a lot of the after school activities and clubs and some sort of sports in some way mm -hmm. to offer the kids. Um, you know, my one daughter who she's uh, the 17 year old, they have this huge tradition as Jimmy. And I'm not going to waste the 45 minutes to describe <laughs> Jimmy because you still, I still wouldn't understand it. And I've been to many Jimmy's, but it means so much to these girls. 
and the leaders. So they're still having their committee meetings and they're still talking about ideas and the grades are fighting over songs that they can use. And of course, Alice wants to use some Harry Styles music in there, but um, <laughs> they are still, you know, working toward a common goal and competing against the grades and stuff. And so she's going to school all day and then going to our committee meeting on mm -hmm. Zoom and leaves the meeting exhausted. But she's like, it was so great to be talking about gym meet because mm -hmm. it's giving her something to look forward to and still connecting um, with, with the other juniors in her class. They're all still coming together. And on my son's side, um, I think what they did really well with the masks is that they gave each of the boys a mask with their name on it. And it's- um, Oh, cool. The, you know, and then that way the teacher is getting to know their, their names. They're getting to know the other boys' names. And unfortunately he lost his after the first week of school, <laughs> but, but I think, I think the school is really trying. They yeah. also, I don't necessarily think this is a pandemic thing, but they also take three to four freshman boys and assign them to a staff person. And it may be a guidance mm -hmm. counselor, it may be a math teacher, anybody who's on staff there and they meet with them. So that then if Kai has a question, he can email this one mentor that he has that's only in charge of three boys. So mm -hmm. I think it just really helps when you're starting at a large school and you know nothing and you know you know nothing and that's a little intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so, it's crazy. It's like those little things, right? That we're like, oh, I'll get to that. But that's the thing, like putting your name on your mask I wouldn't think about that as being important, but you can see, of course, if if you don't know this student, that's a great way. And I remember seeing early on, I'm sure you all saw it, like the, the healthcare workers were taking pictures of themselves and putting it on their badge so that there was a way right. to connect. So just those small gestures. Um, and I love that you worked in Harry Styles there. Brianne had told <laughs> me. <laughs> so that's the second time we've said the name. So. <laughs> See how many times we can say that to say his name today. So, well, you guys are so golden, and so that is one of his big songs. So yeah. <laughs> oh, she's doing a great job. That's awesome. Have you, you know, last question for me, and I'll let Brienne take it away. I'm just wondering, as a family unit, I know that sort of the way that we engage have engaged this during the pandemic has been, I guess, in a lot of ways, a little bit different, just in sort of checking in. I'm just wondering, have you noticed with your own kids and in your own interactions, have you done things to sort of just make extra sure that they're feeling connected and a part of things? Or have you, has it sort of been business as usual, usual around your houses? Um, well, it's funny because at dinner, we'll always do highs and lows. And during the pandemic, they're like, mom, we already know everything that happened to everyone in this household. <laughs> we cannot just talk about our day. That's we awesome. The day together. And, you know, so we had to ditch the highs and lows at dinner. Um, but I feel like what the gut that's come out of all this extra family time is that I feel like I do know so much more about my older kids that mm. they were so busy. And that we would, you know, we would kind of communicate or check in, but not really connect. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, that's why I'm taking the time to listen to every bit of Harry Styles and, 
uh, you know, and One Direction and Taylor Swift and all of them, because that's what's important to Ella right now. Where Kai, I've watched more college football than I can ever <laughs> begin to imagine I ever would have, because that's what he wants to talk about. And I feel like people say like teenagers are so quiet. It's just that we're talking to them about things that they don't want to talk about. Whereas if, if it's a topic of interest for them, they won't be quiet. They won't shut up. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you ditched the highs and lows. We're like, we know we can like recount <laughs> what each other did. We were in adjoining rooms or whatever. <laughs> I love that. So. <laughs> Mary, how about you and your family? Anything different or nuanced? I would say one of the main differences is that we're all together all the time. Mm. Um, and that was not the norm. Um, <laughs> and so, and for the good and the bad of that, you know, like there's been a lot of good, but along the same lines as what Tina was saying is, you know, we've, we've covered what's going on in the day. Nobody has that much news. <laughs> and so it used to be an occasional thing that we would have a couch picnic. Now that is like almost a nightly, you know, <laughs> like dinner. And then we'll put on an episode of The Office and we'll all laugh together. And, you know, it, it's, it's a new tradition. I'm not saying it's great, but like we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. I'm so glad to hear you say that, Mary, because recently probably, I don't know, I'm feeling more tired of the pandemic than ever. And just, I love my kids, but need them to go someplace else. And I think they feel the same way. Like they just need a change and to what we've been doing and it's become a tradition. And I was kind of embarrassed at first. Cause like, Oh, I should not have them with so much screen time, but we've been doing movie night like more regularly. And we've actually, my kids have discovered the talking animal movies and I have nine years old, nine year old and two five year olds. So that's where I am with them. So we have watched like every talking animal movie, <laughs> but like, and so I was feeling guilty about it at first, but like, I, you know, it's been fun and they laugh and we enjoy each other. And so maybe it's not so bad. So thank you for saying that, Mary. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny though, in this world of screens, how some of our bonding has become over the screens, right? Like um, we've done the same thing. So Jason's been working a million hours on COVID. And before this, we would try to eat together as a family and it's just pretty rare now that we can do that. So the girls and I, when Jason's not eating with us, we have a TV dinner and it's so great. And we've sort of gone and we've like binged all different things. We watched all of the Olympic gymnastics competitions that were on NBC, like from years and years and years ago, that was fun. And then we love to watch women's sports in general. So we'll just like find some like women's basketball or whatever, um, any show that, that looks fun. We do a lot of HGTV, that kind of thing. I never would have done that before. First of all, I wouldn't have taken the time to do that. And I would have been like, no, we're sitting at this table. This is not the time for a screen, but actually sort of, you know, Tina, like you were saying, when they're interested, they're so chatty. And it's actually a lot right. of fun to just kind of go there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we play a lot of games that we never played before and that's fun too. And I don't know. I, it's British Bake like Off. The British Bake Off is another good one. We've been talking uh, about laminating pastry. Like who, who knows what that is? Like my <laughs> nine-year-old knows what that is now. So yeah, yeah, we, I, I'm, I'm over the baking shows because all Deirdre does is yeah. bake and she's obsessed with it. So I can't yeah. do that anymore. I'm like maxed out, but um, I'm glad <laughs> I get you, it. you could chat with her about it. If you want. <laughs> um, so I kind of like that we're talking about these like simple acts, right? That we've started to enjoy together. And I guess that brings me to the next question, which is as we've moved away from the busyness because we've been forced away from the busyness, 
what do you guys think has become essential in your family? So what are the things that are priorities now? Like now that we've had to slow down and I mean, we used to laugh at the pace of this village and it would be like, who has which child? Somebody will just trust that they will end up in one of the right vehicles and then land at our homes. Um, and now, you know, we don't have that anymore. So it's starting to pick up a little bit. What do you think has become essential to you all? Um, I think that my favorite phrase has been, I've got time and uh, because I, I have the time. So a lot of things I used to say that yes, mom only lived in the summer and she shows up a lot more. And I think that that's important. Um, you know, can I bake something? It, there used to be a litany of reasons why not to, but now it's go ahead. You know, we're all going to enjoy it. So thanks. We don't have we don't live with Deirdre. We don't have Betty Crocker in our house. So like it's more of an unusual <laughs> occurrence. Um, I think that we've also, we've made time to explore new interests, you know, whether it's Kate's drawing more, or I've done some calligraphy, or I've been building an ungodly number of puzzles, um, which is just not something that I made time for. Um, I think it's also something I'm doing just to fill my time. <laughs> and that's okay though. I think that that's something that I will appreciate having some downtime, having some breathing space. Um, it will be, we all want to get back to normal, but I think that there's going to have to be a ramp up instead of just like jumping off, you know, the roof into the pool. Like, let's do this. <laughs> it's going to be slower. Yeah. I love the yes, mom. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, I think for us, it's really just a been about like finding the joy every day mm -hmm. or trying to find the joy in every day. And, you know, we talk a lot about like, no, you need to live your life with a happy heart. Like nobody wants to be around somebody miserable. You don't, you don't feel good about yourself when you're miserable. So like, let, let's deal with the issue at hand. Let, let's deal with the pandemic. Let's sock for a little bit and then let's get up and find the joy in what we can do. So I feel like we've been trying to find new things to do that bring joy, whether that's, you know, build a playhouse in the woods or, you know, playing hide and go seek or flashlight tag or whatever, just kind of. Or buying a dog, Tina. Right. Oh. <laughs> or getting a dog. Pandemic pet. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes, mom, like, got a little carried away over here. <laughs> oh, so, you guys yes, got a puppy? A puppy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So wow. he was, we got him back in October. So he's oh. like seven, eight months now, but, um, but I mean, it's, it's been good. Like, I feel like, like kind of, I said at the beginning, we're just so grateful for our health and, you know, that everyone is fine or doing okay, that it's just finding the joy in the little things, um, each day. I do have to say Macy's been baking brownies every night. That has been our joy, and um, it's been great, but not the healthiest. To go <laughs> so, some things may need to change before the pandemic comes to a close. Yeah, and for the listeners who don't know Tina, everything she's saying is two hundred percent sincere, mm -hmm. and that yes. is why we love her. So. When she says she's finding the joy in every day, she is legit finding the joy. And like, she brings the joy to her family and her family brings it to the people around her. Like, it's, it's incredible. Everybody's like, how does she do seven children? And I think once you get past that, like they are the most lovely and 
truly joy-filled family. And like happy heart. I mean, that's an expression that now my mom uses because of, of Tina. She's like, where's the happy heart in that? You know, so um, it's true. She is not just saying that for the listeners. That is really how they, how they operate over there, which is amazing. It is true. It's my 17 year old. I don't even remember this situation, but I guess it was when we had to change plans for Thanksgiving and we were just going to stay home and we weren't going to get together with their grandparents. And of course they were really disappointed. Well, it surprised me how much my 17 year old was disappointed in this. Mm. So I'm like, Ella, we just have to make the most of it. And she's like, I am so sick of making the most of it right now. (laughs) I hear you. And so again, like, it's not this fake, like, okay, but nope, you pace the smile and you go on. It's like, all right, well, this stinks. So what can we kind of replace that with? Or what can we, you know, let's FaceTime with the grandparents or let's see if we can have a fire pit or let's bring fun in a different way to kind of replace the disappointment after you've dealt with the disappointment. But yeah, yeah. I think that's a, I I mean, I know we're going to talk a little about lessons learned, but I'm going to sort of grab one right now, which is, I love this idea. And I think we've done it probably not as well as you have Tina, but we've done it in our house too, sort of pausing to say, I know this sucks. It sucks for you. It sucks for us. You know, I don't want it to be this way. You don't. And then we sort of roll in that for a moment or however long it takes. And then that, that moment passes and you try to find something new to do. And I, I don't know that in a non-pandemic sort of situation, I always took the time to sort of just be in that mess with my kids. Right. Like, I mean, of course I attend to them and if they had a boo-boo or crying or whatever, but like not in the way that I am now, like it, and also admitting that I'm feeling it too. Right. Like as parents, we sometimes try to shield our kids, but like I've had days where I'm like, I know this sucks. Like, I don't like this as much as you don't. And let's just, let's be in it and figure it out. So um, that's something I'm hoping to take away is just that honesty and being in the moment and then learning to move through it. Right. Instead of pushing it away. So, yeah. Right. For sure. So I'm curious about, you know, kind of what you think your kids are learning through this. So now we've talked about sort of our perspectives and our lessons learned a little bit about, about Ella's perspective, but what do you think that they've learned this year that they will carry with them? Um, and let's all hope that next school year is more typical where we start and everybody goes and <laughs> carries like, like for the love place that could happen. <laughs> um, but what are the, I don't know, I mean, We've talked on previous episodes about educators and how we hope that some of the lessons that we're learning, you know, kind of carry over. But what about the kids? What lessons do you think that they're learning from this year that might carry over when things return? So I would say, you know, kids are born resilient. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to get through this. They have the support of their family, their teachers. You know, they don't have that extended village as much as they would like. My hope is that they in a growing virtual world, I think that if they can learn to appreciate how much time being, how much they can appreciate being with other people is important to them. Mm-hmm. You know, when in the spring, when we were all locked down, Charlie said, I wish I could just see people. <laughs> and what he meant at the time was he wanted to see his people. But I also hope that they learn to adapt, you know, and learn, you know, for a life lesson is that you know, status quo isn't always okay. Just because we've always done it that way, you need to move forward and move in a different direction sometimes, even if it's hard. That That's my hope. Well, it's funny that um, my kids will, the older ones will talk about, 
you know, when I get married and have a family, if my kids ever say they're bored, I have this like card in my back pocket. Like, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You don't know what bored is. We were locked in our house and it's going to be for their generation. They're like walking uphill in the snow barefoot to and from school. You know, they're, they're so... I think they're going to learn how to use that card in parenting <laughs> for their children. Um, but in all seriousness, I just think the idea of like being flexible mm-hmm. and that you just kind of have to go with the flow a little bit. And especially during this, where I feel like as a parent, I'm making a million decisions a day, having no idea if any of them are the right decision. But I think they're feeling a little bit of that too, that, um, you know, even the choice to go when it comes time to go virtual or go in person, or my daughter started, uh, you know, uh, practicing for the SAT. And it's like, okay, should I do it at home? Or should I do it with a friend or what's okay. And so this constant decision making that I hope that they take that in past the pandemic, that Mm -hmm. it just helps them evaluate how they make decisions. And is this a wise thing to do or not? And then just go for it, you know? That's a great insight. And actually I ran into Tina at the grocery store parking lot the other day, which was lovely. Cause I feel like I never run into people anymore. Um, and we were talking about lacrosse and, you know, it's just every decision that we make is sort of a guess, right? Like it's informed in some way, but it's very hard to have a rational, logical train of thought around this because it's all unknown. Um, so I, we definitely live that and I, I feel that, but I guess I wasn't thinking about what the kids are learning as they watch us make those decisions. And that's a really good point to bring up um, because I think prior to this, there was a lot more that was just very clear. Like, yes, you may do this because, no, you may not because, and you know, there was thought, but it was more of a clear cut response. And now everything just feels so vague and high stakes and um, there's right, and definitely value an, in that process. Right, just to give an example, you know, my children are in three different schools and all three schools go by different rules, but yet are all saying according to CDC guidelines. <laughs> but it just shows that there is room for interpretation, which it's not a good or a bad thing, but it does make you think about each decision you make a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the pandemic is, at least for our family, is unique in that I think of other milestones and transitions and changes that I've experienced. And even if it was new for me, there was someone in my sphere who had been through it. So I could borrow right from their moment, but this pandemic is like new, new for everybody. Right. <laughs> so like you didn't have a go-to person to sort of talk about what, what this is like and what I should do. And I'm, Tina, I'm still thinking about the pandemic card. I can totally see my kids pulling the pandemic <laughs> card when they get older. <laughs> Totally. So I love that insight. I think that's, that's a riot. Um, I think the one question I have remaining and it's, it's related to this topic of lessons is I'm really curious. I think, especially as an educator and with kids in schools, I'm really curious to see how administrators and leaders and teachers respond post pandemic. You know, I'm hoping, I mean, they have also had to sort of strip down to the essentials And I'm hoping that we don't have short memories about what really worked. And I'm wondering, (laughs) are there things you've noticed that you hope that your teachers will continue to do even when we, you know, hit a post-pandemic, whatever that new normal looks like? Uh, I'm going to say 
one thing that the administration did at our school in the spring, which was incredible, is that they had Zoom town halls. So we're all learning how to Zoom and they did it. And even when the information was, we don't really know, that's actually an okay answer. That's better than nothing. Because if you give people nothing, they're gonna assume the worst. Is that they're not thinking about this, they don't know. So I would say to know the value of strong, clear communication, mm -hmm. I think is one thing that I hope that always continues across the board. Because I have, uh, my group of college friends are all over the country. And when I would tell them, I was like, oh, I have to hop off because I have to go you know, to my town hall. They would say, are you kidding? You know, we've got nothing. We're going on nothing right now. And that's very disappointing. You know, if it's going to be a team effort, all the players have to know what the play is, you know? So that would be one of my big hopes. And, and also along the same lines of the kids is that, you know, you've just tackled this enormous problem that nobody saw coming. So how can that on a smaller scale roll into adaptations? You know, how can we do things better? How can we do things differently? You know, not just like, well, this is the way we've always taught it. You know, listen to that feedback that you're getting. Right, I would say to go along with that, it's just, I feel like the, the teachers have been very understanding and concerned about the children's mental health as well as, well as their educational experience. And I hope that that continues. I mm -hmm. hope that parents, teachers, students continue to realize that like we are all on the same team here and we all want, you know, to have a successful adult. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here as we raise our children, that we want them to be successful in their adulthood, but we want them to enjoy their childhood along the way. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, you know, like my daughter forgot her book bag the other day before school. And of course, all of her siblings were finding a lot of joy in that. <laughs> How can you go to school and forget your book bag? I just don't understand. And so needless to say, she realizes this as we're in the line that Mary described or Brianne described earlier. And I pull into like mom mode of, oh no, you're going to school because the rule at the school is if you are late, you can't come in late to school because they're trying to monitor the, you know, any sort of extra activity in the school and school starts at 810 and we're in the parking lot at eight o'clock. So there's no time to get the backpack and come back home. So she's thinking. I just can't go to school today without my backpack. And I'm thinking, oh no, you're, you'll find a pencil in the hallway and you're going to school. So needless to say, poor little Josie Love, my sweetheart, is out crying in the parking lot, walking down the line to school. And I have the window down like, you got this, you're good. Like, you're, you're gonna do great. And then I immediately emailed the teachers and said, I'm sure you've already seen Josie. She's really upset. She's embarrassed that she forgot her backpack, this, this, this. And both teachers responded with nothing but love for that mm -hmm. child to say, oh my gosh, we more than understand. One of them said, my daughter did the same thing a couple of weeks ago. We completely get it. And another teacher responded, I saw her using this teeny tiny pencil. So maybe she did find it in the hallway. I don't know. <laughs> but this teeny tiny pencil. And it was standardized testing on top of that. So oh. she's trying to do her standardized testing with a teeny tiny pencil. She goes, so I went in the closet and got two pencils out and a pen out, but I wiped it all down before giving it to her. Aww. And I said, you know, thank you for loving my girl. Like, 
she needed some extra love, not discipline at that time. So mm-hmm. I just hope moving forward that that the teachers don't feel the parents are against them or that as parents, we don't feel that the teachers are against our child and that we can continue just to work together for the best of the, of the children. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's great. Um, Tina, cause I, I was thinking as you were chatting, cause our kids, we had made the decision to keep them remote in the fall. Just that was what felt comfortable for us. So I often could eavesdrop in on the remote learning. And I turned to my partner and one morning and said, no wonder, like I would, I could not be, you know, our kids teachers. Cause they like, you know, they do X, Y, and Z cause they're nine and five. And I think you're right that I, I've always had a utmost respect and care for our teachers, but I think this notion of really being partners in the learning mm-hmm. when you're helping your younger kids with whatever independent work they have and recognizing that you don't know what it means to, you know, I, I would, I can remember asking my te- the teachers like, well, if I'm describing writing, an H, like what, what do I say? Right. Like, cause I know that they're using a, appropriate light. And so just learning the nuance right. of the skills they have, I think I, even I have gained like a greater respect and admiration for the teachers. And hopefully they see that I'm doing the best I can too. So right. I think that's been really great to create those stronger partnerships with the schools. Yeah. And just treating one another with just some more grace and understanding. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that certainly in our kids' school with with teachers and administrators um, and with one another. I mean, I think the kids are, are understanding and they truly are glad to be there and they appreciate what it means to be there. Um, I had done highs and lows actually with my college students the other day, cause mm-hmm. they had their first week last week. So earlier in this week, I wanted to just know how it went. And one student was like, I wasn't sure that I loved this place, but I am sure now that Aww. I want to be back. And she just was kind of reflective in her tone. And she was like, you know, who likes boring classes? She's like, I don't care. I'm just so glad to be in these classrooms. So, I mean, I think this just overwhelming sense of gratitude for what we all took for granted. And then um, grace and just patience for one another is, are the things that I would hope would persist through. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Anything else that you guys want to share before we wrap up? Anything I just want to that was awesome that was the first time both one at the same time (laughs) I love it I was just gonna say thank you also and thank you for continuing the conversation so we can continue we can broaden our village to help each other and and work together absolutely Mary no I think this has been great you know it's it's interesting to hear different people's perspectives um, you know, we all try to emulate Tina in the happy heart. I did an ex- <laughs> uh, a workout video the other day and the instructor said, joy begins at home. And I totally thought of Tina. I was like, happy hearts. I, you know? yep. So yeah, absolutely. That, there's the mic drop. Yeah, <laughs> right? I know. Right. That's awesome. Happy hearts. Yeah. I'm definitely going to take that with me and lots of stories and I'm still thinking about the pandemic card walking up the snow right. like both ways. I love that. And Lots of great stories. And it, it really has been a pleasure to talk with all of you. And um, for our listeners, I know Brianne knows these ladies very well. This is really this probably the second time technically that I've met them. And I can definitely attest to the, the energy and the care. And I know some people who don't do online don't believe this, but you can feel that energy 
even when you're not together. And I definitely have felt that energy. Um, and I know I'll get off of this podcast and have a little bit more pep in my step as, as we like to say, just because it was a great conversation. So I want to thank uh, Tina and Mary for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. And Brianne, thank you for, for asking them and thinking of it. It was a great idea. And we will continue to have these conversations with uh, different people, different organizations as we continue to work through this pandemic and continue that healing process. And this has been another episode of Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Carrie Borkowski, with my co-host, Brianne. And please, Brianne, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like a, like a public service announcement, but please keep wearing your mask, even though it annoys you. <laughs> keep wearing that mask so that we can get out of this pan pandemic sooner. Stay safe and find happiness in the, the small things these days. All right, everybody, take care. Under the glaciers your last year to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.